This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Janice Dean. I'm Brett Baer. I'm Martha McCallum, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Wednesday, August 17th, 2022. I'm John Saucier. European countries are scrambling as we get closer to wintertime to figure out a way to supply energy without having to buy it from Russia. The United States has the capability to help, but doesn't seem to have the right policies in place right now to step up to the plate. If you think of the Russian energy dominance as the dumpster fire, think of the Green New Deal that was so enamored in Europe and the United States as like throwing napalm into the dumpster fire. This is the Fox News Rundown. War on Ukraine. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Russian President Vladimir Putin has been accused of weaponizing energy during this war on Ukraine, but are top U.S. officials using energy as a political weapon at the same time? It's a fair question to ask right now. Following passage this week of the Inflation Reduction Act, which includes the largest ever U.S. investment in green energy. A lot of the narrative as well, you know, the Russians are selling all this energy. They're actually making money off the, off the war. Um, we haven't talked about that part because, first of all, yeah, the Russians are making money from energy, but they're spending a ton of money on the on the war. So it's coming in the front door. It's coming out the back door. We're speaking today with James Carafano, vice president of foreign and defense policy studies at the Heritage Foundation and an expert on this topic. A lot of this energy, they, because of the sanctions, they've, they've sold us kind of cut rate deals to other countries, including uh, China. Uh, and so they're not getting top dollar for it. Uh, and of course, w- when you read all the economic analysis we have to have between the sanctions and everything else, the Russian economy is, is not growing and thriving in, in fighting this war. That said, they, they, they do actually still continue to sell energy to Europe, although that is declining. So, for example, Norway today has replaced Russia as the largest gas supplier to Western Europe. And new sources of gas and oil are, are literally coming online almost, almost every day. The, the question really is, how do we get here? And, and the irony is here is, well, one is people weren't stupid. You know, in the 1990s, when the Cold War ended, everybody looked at the Middle East and said, eh, you know, it's not the most peaceful part of the world. And they go, how can we diversify our energy? And that's when Russian gas on energy came online because the Cold War was over. It was actually way cheaper than oil and gas in the Middle East. Then, like a lot of things, it's, you know, when you don't keep your eye on the ball, like you notice like the neighborhood looks great. And then, you know, a couple of months later, everything looks like what, what happened? And you don't notice things change over time. Well, what happened was the Russians got increasingly 
uh, an authoritarian oligarchic government that was interested in not just selling gas and oil to Western Europe, but using gas and oil to control Western Europe. And so they were doing things like paying people to work for them and convincing countries they should buy Russian energy, and then paying environmental groups and political parties in Western Europe to protest against gas and energy projects that just happened to be not Russian. It was to create a dominant position on gas and energy. And then when, when the, the, the Russians started to actually get aggressive and take land in Bova and in uh, Georgia and in Ukraine in 2014, they started to use oil and gas as a weapon. And if you can fault the Europeans for anything, particularly the Germans, it's like, dude, wake up and smell the coffee. I mean, it was very, very apparent, I think, by, by the, the first Ukrainian war in 2014, that being dependent on Russian oil and gas was no longer the cheap, safe alternative. It was becoming the increasingly politically risky alternative. Yet the German government, in large part because the Russians paid a lot of German people to promote their stuff, became increasingly investing in, in Russian energy. Uh, you know, people heard about Nord Stream 1, then there was this pipeline they were going to build Nord Stream 2, which would have been the most dominant gas pipeline in Western Europe. And of course, we know about the relationship between former German Chancellor Angela Merkel and Russian President Vladimir Putin. They were very close during that time, too. Exactly. Yeah. And so what happens is we woke up one day and we found out that just being complacent about Russia and depending on them for cheap energy, much in the way people became complacent about China and, and became focused on them for, for, for uh, uh, cheap manufactured products. You, you know, we found out that doing business with your enemy can actually be really, really risky. And now unwinding that, because we became overly dependent on Russia, has created all kinds of issues, including Europeans will be struggling to get through the winter uh, and have uh, sufficient uh, heat and power everything. Now, what's really exacerbated this is the Russia thing is what I like to call the green stupidity, this kind of La La Land journey that we all just jumped on with John Kerry and Al Gore, that we were going to you know, solve the, the climate by magically transforming from oil and gas to renewable energies like wind and solar, shutting down uh, nuclear plants, uh, shutting down gas, you know, gas and oil pipelines, putting prohibitions on, on drilling. And, and that, that sped this dependency on Russian gas and oil because renewables cannot substitute for gas and oil, and it doesn't matter what the price of gas or oil is. It doesn't matter how high it is. Solar and wind can never, never fill that gap. And so it, you know, it's like if you think of the Russian dom- energy dominance as the dumpster fire, think of the Green New Deal that was so enamored in Europe and the United States as like throwing napalm into the dumpster fire. The entire world is being squeezed by the energy crisis this war in Ukraine has caused, and the United States may be missing a major opportunity. Our guest today is an expert on the matter, James Carfano, Vice President of Foreign and Defense Policy Studies at the Heritage Foundation. If you've got the energy, keep listening, because we'll do more after this. Let's get back to that idea of American energy, because, James, I'm seeing an opportunity here if Europe is shifting away from Russian energy. And all of a sudden you said Norway is the biggest supplier of gas. Why can't the United States maybe fill that gap? But also you've got legislation that was just passed here this week, the Inflation Reduction Act, which includes the largest ever U.S. investment in 
what they're calling climate change initiatives or green energy. Is this a missed opportunity for the United States to make some money off of energy, but also provide Europe with gasoline with gas resources and not have to take it from Russia? Well, look, you have to start with understanding that the the Green Energy Initiative or the Green New Deal or whatever you want to call it, it, it's not an economic agenda. It's not an energy agenda. It's not even an environmental agenda. It's certainly not a national security. It's a political agenda. It's about picking winners and losers and deciding who has political power in this country. So it is is a disaster, not just from... Because you're just going to waste a ton of money, you you're basically diminishing the exploitation of oil and gas, and that is actually the one thing the United States can bring to the table to change everything. I mean, the United States is like the Rocky of oil and gas. I mean, we are we are a global oil and gas superpower. So, for example, fracking. Nobody else in the world has the technology or the capabilities really to do mass fracking. So we can deliver more gas and oil than anybody. We can deliver so much gas and oil. Not only could we become energy independent in the United States, we could become energy dominant in the world, and we could drive global prices and global availability. As a matter of fact, we could crush OPEC if we unleashed everything in our oil and gas industry. And, and ironically, it's also a better answer for climate. The, the way to get better climate is not to switch to renewables. The way to get to a better climate is to have a wealthier and freer economy. We've been doing this thing, Index of U.S. Economic Freedom, for 30 years. And what we've seen is, is there's a direct correlation between economic freedom, which means the freedom to make choices and the wealth to invest, and the quality of the environment. The United States is the best air in the world. Other than Flint, Michigan, we have the best water in the world. We've actually had dramatic reductions in greenhouse gases, all of it because of, of being more efficient and effective and making better choices in an economy that's almost completely or dominantly pired by oil and gas. So, yeah, this bill is, it's not just a lost opportunity. It's, you know, it's like, it's, it's like pulling the best pitcher out of the game, you know, in, in the first inning and when you're, uh, you know, when you're down, you know, seven runs to nothing. It's just a really bad idea. James, I want to get back to something that you mentioned before, the Russian economy, because obviously there are strict U.S. sanctions, European sanctions against Russia right now. Recent analysis by uh, experts at Yale University say the Russian economy is actually doing very poorly right now, way, way worse than what Russia is actually projecting. So I want to know, what have you heard on this front? And might this affect this war, which has dragged on six months now, and you don't really see an end in sight? Well, I don't think it can affect the outcome of the war because this is an authoritarian society and the Russians can always move stuff around to fight the war. But what it is doing is, is it's, it's diminishing Russia as a threat. And so we should do these sanctions on a lot more. And, you know, this is not rocket scientists. If you give your enemy less money, they have less money to do this stuff. This is why the Iran deal was a really bad idea, right? Giving Iran a lot of money. They're your enemy, not smart. It's, it's also why, by the way, why the, the Green New Deal is stupid, because this rapid transition to uh, wind and solar, you're going to be buying all your solar panels and all your batteries from China. So the Chinese are using slave labor to make solar panels. You're, you're basically saying we're going to subsidize buying Chinese products made with slave labor. So you're enriching China, and you're actually buying a bunch of stuff, which, by the way, isn't really very that good which has actually huge environmental costs associated with renewables. Matter of fact, 
for example, over the course of, course of a lifetime, an electric car has a higher carbon footprint than a gas-powered automobile. So, so you're actually driving worse outcomes, and you're putting more money in the hands of the Chinese and, weak, and making us more dependent on them. So the lesson that we've learned in the Russian sanctions is don't do business with your enemies. Wow, it's really interesting to hear because all the messaging is kind of the inverse of what you're reporting here, you know, about the beating the drum against fossil fuels, especially the Biden administration. That has been a big part of this presidency so far. And obviously, the Inflation Reduction Act was a big move by that. By the way, completely partisan measure. No Republicans voted for it. It got through on all Democratic votes. Uh, James Carfano, I could just tell by how you're talking about this, you are extremely passionate about it. It's an important message that people need to hear because you want to hear both sides of the story, not only about how the United States is dealing with energy, but also how this affects not only our country, but this war in Ukraine and the rest of the world also. It's interesting stuff. It's definitely a major storyline to watch in this war. And we're glad we have experts like you to talk about it with. So thanks a lot for joining us here on the Fox News Rundown War on Ukraine podcast. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.